0: Hello and welcome to the Unlearning Podcast, a show about unlearning self limiting beliefs, coping with anxiety, and healing through self love. I'm Jenna Slaughter, self love coach, recovered people pleaser, and mental health enthusiast. And every other week, I'm going to bring you a topic or guest that is going to help you reshape how you experience the world, unlearn the ways you've been playing small, and send love to the places that need it the most. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Today, we're talking about self-sabotage. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about what it is, recognizing it in your life, and of course, how to unlearn it and choose differently. So we're going to figure out how to start to become our friends instead of our frenemies. Okay, let's start out with what it is. Self-sabotage is when we actively or passively take steps to prevent ourselves from reaching our goals. This can affect nearly every aspect of our life, to be honest, from a relationship, a career goal, or a personal goal. So it makes this fucker pretty finicky. So it's also where like, you acknowledge that something there's something out there that you want, but you do things that are directly in conflict with that goal. Self-sabotage over time erodes your self-confidence, your self-esteem, and affects your relationships with others. And the funny part is, is that with every failed attempt to do the thing you want, you internally prove to yourself that you can't or shouldn't do it. This happened to me a ton. We'll get into that a little bit later. Signs of self-sabotage can include imposter syndrome, Procrastination, negativity, overindulgence, initiating conflicts. So let's talk about each of those. Uh, for imposter syndrome, it's pretty self explanatory. I think everybody here knows what imposter syndrome is, so I won't get into that. I might do a full episode on it, to be honest. Um, but the ways that you can recognize imposter syndrome thoughts are things that start with, Who am I to? you know, become a coach, or who am I to blah, blah, blah. Almost always whatever comes after who am I to is a feeling of imposter syndrome and a self-deprecating thought. Other ways that can show up is I can't dot, 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 or my blank isn't worth reading, learning, listening to, whatever you want to put that in there. If you are creating something, imposter syndrome is so prevalent. Next is procrastination. It's also related to starting tasks and never fucking finishing them. Like it took me years to create this podcast because I needed it to be just so. I needed the vision to be just so. And I wanted it to be an instant hit, which guess what? Inevitably got in my way for multiple years, okay? Don't let these voices dictate your life for years like I did with mine. Being able to create this podcast has been so fucking freeing and has been blowing my mind that I've continued to show up. And I want that. I want you to blow your own mind. Okay. Next one is that negativity. Mm. Been there. Done that. Especially when I was really severely depressed. It was hard not to be negative about everything. Next is overindulgence. Ooh. This is one that I tend to do a lot of. An example in my life is um, like excessive junk food because I deserve it, quote unquote. But for what? Like, do I feel good after I've like way overeaten a bunch of sugar and all that kind of stuff? No, but I do it because there are wounds that I need to heal around scarcity and value and our bodies and food and its role in our lives. I'm, I recognize that. I own that and I'm working on that. But overindulgence is something I see all over the place as a way that we self-sabotage um, because we don't want to feel like we are withholding things from ourselves or that we are I don't know how to how to explain it, like jumping back into scarcity. Um, So therefore, we overindulge because, well, I deserve it. When trying to get out of really toxic relationship cycles and whether there was a lot of drama, it can be really hard because we can become a like an addicted. We can become addicted to the drama. We can become addicted to those highs and lows and then therefore a healthy and normal relationship can feel boring. So we initiate conflicts that don't really need to be there because we're addicted to the roller coaster. We're addicted to the drama. So if you find yourself initiating conflicts as a way of self-sabotage, I want you to tune in and just ask yourself, like, what feeling are you addicted to? Like, what are you craving? And figure out peel that back like a little onion as far as um, what the true need is within there okay i hear you yes we've gone through imposter syndrome procrastination negativity overindulgence initiating conflicts those are all signs of self-sabotage but the fuck why is it so prevalent in our society well it's because we grow up in a society that for a lot of us doesn't value you as much as it does others and we then internalize it. Accumulating a dysfunctional and distorted set of beliefs that leads you to underestimate your abilities, suppress your feelings, or lash out at those around you. That's the fuck why. Now here we are at the antidote, the unlearning portion, and this is where I always give ways to move forward, questions to ask, questions to reflect on, and how to start integrating this into your life. The first step, and I know it sounds cheesy, but the first step to unlearning self-sabotage is recognizing it. Recognize what flavors of these that you picked up and that it is something that you want to work on. So for an example, um, if I'm continuing with this podcast, I had to recognize that I was procrastinating not from a space that I didn't have the time or energy to invest into the project, but it was actually because of some feelings and thoughts that were going on underneath. So part two is to ask and get curious about what emotions are leading to the self-sabotage, regardless of the flavor, Um, what feelings are leading to that. For me, in this podcast example, it was that I was feeling unheard in my life and that was making me question the value that I was bringing to the table in the first place. Okay. From there, if we're able to pinpoint an emotion or even an emotion that's in the ballpark then asking ourselves from there, what is the thought that's driving that? So if we can peel back from the emotion and feel like, what is that internal, what's the internal sentence? Like, what is the internal dialogue that's leading to this? Um, So ask yourself, what is actually for sure 100% true? Like, are we personalizing someone else's actions? Have we had a conversation about something we're personalizing to figure out if it's just something going on with them? What is the underlying narrative and what can we actually deem is true? It's like an onion. We peel back the layers and this might be helpful to have a therapist or coach help you do so and to hold space for you in that. Um, that's, that's, this can get really, really juicy really quickly. And so I don't want you to bite off more than you can chew in that way. So be mindful and be be checking in with yourself throughout this process. For an example for me, with the podcast, under that feeling of being unheard was the underlying belief that what I had to say wasn't actually valuable. And it actually was stemming from certain memories of me growing up and being told that, you talk so much. Like, will you just, like, shut up for a while? And how that became a much bigger issue for me as an adult that I then had to unlearn and move out of because, what I do have to say and what I bring to the table is valuable and it is serving real people in tangible ways and helping them, helping them transform their lives. So I'm, I'm okay with that now. But at one point in time, I really felt as though people would be just doing me a favor listening to this podcast or sharing my content or helping me get one-on-one clients. I thought they were doing me a favor, which is so silly now after I have gotten on the other side of it. So, so far we have one, recognize it. Recognize where you, where this is showing up for you and that you want to work on it. Two, getting curious and asking what emotions are leading the self-sabotage. And then from there, step three, peeling back from those emotions to what the thought is that's leading to it. That step three might take a while, especially if you're coming to terms with the feeling in the first place. And like I said, I want to have a coach or therapist help hold you through that third step? Step four challenge the self-doubt with an affirmation and specifically one that you can get behind. So, I don't want you to try and go from complete self-deprecation to something that is highly unbelievable for you. Like I am a divine vessel that is solely love and aligned with love. like, um, That is probably going to sound like bullshit, and your brain knows it if it is too, too far from the current reality and your current beliefs. Okay. So, if you're going from super self deprecation, maybe start with, like, I am enough as I am. Mm. It's hard not to get behind that, right? I was on Hannah Kidder's YouTube channel this week, actually. So, when this comes out, it'll be last week. I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes and, and, in the the description here. And we talked about how important it is that if you are stopping something that you're giving yourself somewhere else to go, with what are you replacing it with because neurologically that where our focus goes our energy flows and i'm not talking like spiritual woo woo sense like that yes too but i mean in your brain the neurological pathways you need somewhere else to go with it you need to give an affirmation to strengthen where it is you are going so then you're simultaneously also starving where you don't want to go anymore step number 5 is to journal reflect meditate, whatever it is that helps you get clear on what is important to you and stop making goals and changes because you think you need to or because society says that you need to be a certain size and therefore now you're trying to lose weight and therefore, but it's not actually important to you. And so you have set yourself up with this goal that you don't really care about and therefore you inevitably fail and then use that as proof that you can't stick to anything. If the goals are important to you and aligned with you and your heart and your soul and where you want to go, you'll be a lot less likely to beat yourself up about them. Because if you actually care about them, it'll be a lot easier to actually do them. In this vein of things, I actually made you a free resource, a workbook. It's eight pages. It's on my website. I'll link to it below. And it is all about making heart forward goals. Goals that don't make you feel like shit. And we talk about the perfectionism and how to navigate yourself through a failure plan. The best goals in life have a plan for inevitably not getting it completed. The question is, how do you hold yourself through that space? And how do you help yourself get back on the track where you want to go? Go hit, go hit that little little link below. Go get yourself a download and it'll be to your email inbox. And if you need help, you want to talk through it some more, let me know. I, I'm gonna maybe, maybe make a workshop out of it and we could do this together. It'd be so fun. Let me know if you'd be interested. All right. And lastly, step number six. This is something that I've been doing quite a bit recently and I did a long time ago when I just started my like personal development work is to personify the negative self-talk and self-doubt with something that is easy for you to laugh at and dismiss. Or you can start with pretending that it's coming from a fly on the wall. Like you wouldn't care about their opinion, really, would you? Like if there's a fly on the wall being like, yeah, but you'll never be able to get it done. I want you to look at it and be like, you'd never be able to get it done. Like the the Spongebob font that with the meme where it's like one capital, one lower, one capital, one lower. I want you to be able to make it something that you can dismiss easily. Something that's just like, <laughs> excuse you. You know what I'm saying? So the the point behind the fly on the wall exercise is that it provides that distance between you and your judgments and you and your thoughts. And it also um, shows that it's, it's not really something that you have to care that much about because it's small and it is external. Okay. So here's where we come back to and then replacing it with affirming and kind thoughts. So as we dismiss, where are we then going? So to summarize, we have step one, recognize it. Step two, ask and get curious about what emotions are leading to the self-sabotage. Three, peel back from that to the thought or sentence that is leading to it and reframe. Step four, challenge that self-doubt with an affirmation that you can get behind. Decide what are you replacing it with. Step five was that journal, reflect and meditate on what is actually important to you instead of just making manic goals that society says that you need to. And step six, personify that negative self-talk, and self-doubt with something that is easy for you to laugh at and dismiss. If you learned something or this episode was impactful for you, Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Send to your friends so that way our little podcast can grow, 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 and I can keep making these beautiful episodes for you. And don't forget to scoop up that free resource, that Heart Forward Goal Setting workbook that I made you. It's in the link below. And keep on learning. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Unlearning Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, the biggest compliment that you can give is to rate and review on whatever platform you're using. You can find information for one-on-one coaching, full show notes, and tools at my website links below. Until next time, keep on learning.